0: the memories you've got a friend in us this is episode 45 extremely loud and incredibly close from 2011 i'm mike manzi
1: and i'm joey lewandowski and mike i don't know where to begin with how much i hate this movie end of episode folks good night basically i i censored so many curses in there it's not going to do any good this is misery porn you would agree that i have not seen in a very long time I hate everything about, I hate everything about this movie. Everything about this movie. I was thinking very, very hard for the favorite and least favorite moment. I don't know what my favorite moment is because this, like, for a couple minutes, I was like, could I? And then I was like, nope, done. And I was just out (laughs) from, like, minute, like, five. I was like, nope, done. Hate this.
0: Hate this movie. I'm pretty much right there, right next to you in the same car, driving down the same exact road. This is kind of objectively bad on every level from like the acting to the plot and the story and the structure the way it's shot the acting did i say the acting like everything is just what the hell is going on uh it feels at times it doesn't even feel
1: like respectful at times which no, i was no, like no 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 no, not even okay so here's the best thing actually before we go further because i i really just want to get in get out and be done with this because i don't want to think about it i don't want to draw more attention to it but before we go into it please quick 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 plot summary for what this is about
0: Okay, so Tom Hanks plays a dad who dies in 9 11 World Trade Center and leaves his son sort of this trail of breadcrumbs to sort of remember him by. And uh, Mm -hmm. the kid and Hanks always did like all of these scavenger hunts and things. And the big thing is that there's a sixth borough in Manhattan and Hanks' son is like on this hunt looking for it the whole movie. But then he finds a key that used to belong to his dad. And now he's looking for the owner of the key and where the key fits in. And his, he goes through every person in Manhattan with the last name Black. He meets his mute <laughs> grandfather played by Max von Sydow. Oh my
1: gosh, his mom. So by the way, I message this to you. I want to interrupt you in an academy award nominated role for max von sydow in an academy award nominated film for best picture no this was not now you're no this was no, the, no, year no, that no. the artist one that there were other actual good movies that were nominated. I did not like the artist, but this was nominated for Best Picture. Is this like the mandala effect
0: or whatever, where like the past isn't what you. Like we collectively have a different memory of what actually went down in the past as to what went. It's like, am I living in devs? Is this just like many
1: worlds right now? I am. The year that Terrence Malick, and we'll get back to the plot summary because who gives a shit. The year that Terrence Malick put out The Tree of Life, which many people considered the best film of the decade, it was nominated up against Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. It was also nominated up against The Help, which is not okay. being well looked upon now. Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Descendants, Warhorse. So, like, it should be the Tree of Life. Wow. If not that, maybe Midnight in Paris. If not that, Moneyball or The Descendants or Hugo. Like, there's so many that are viable options. But wow, what a terrible year. But anyway, sorry. Max von Sydow, his mute grandfather. Yes, okay.
0: Yes, um, and so they go together trying to find the owner of this key, and it turns out it belongs to the husband of the first woman that he went to. I mean, this is just utterly ridiculous and stuff. And He ends up giving the key to to this guy and... Yeah, Bernard from, uh, from Westworld. Yeah, yeah. Felix Leiter from the Daniel Craig Bonds. Like, at the end, you find out that his mom had sort of, like, gone to all these people before him. She's... His mom's Sandra Bullock. His mom, played by the poor Sandra Bullock, was sort of one step ahead of him the whole time, which just made this even more confusing. I don't know what's going on. But at the end of the movie, like, the kid, I guess, has found some kind of relief or solace or you know has come through the other end of grief and he's i guess he's going to be okay i don't know yeah at the end he gives the key to the owner and goes home and that's that's all i can really remember he he's done
1: so this movie i don't know if you saw my letterbox review but the movie that i kept thinking of over and over and over again while watching this movie is the book of henry oh yeah but this movie is that movie without any of the unintentional and any of the insane camp and or charm of the book of Henry, so there's a lot of voiceover from this like 11 year old kid who, as far as I can tell, has not really acted in much other stuff. I want to actually, I didn't check his his TV work, so maybe he has, but he's like both precocious to a degree that's annoying and sociopathic to a degree that is like what is like he has part of the plot here is that his father played by Tom Hanks who's in like 15 minutes of this movie which is over two hours long his father left voicemails on their answering machine on 9-11 as the building as he's in the World Trade Center the son has never played them for his mother because he what stop it what just stop it
0: This this kid like I'm just gonna skip to the end Hanks is not a good father like he raised this kid get out of town like I I don't feel good about what I'm about to say next but this kid is a terrible actor I just couldn't stand this kid and the whole movie hinges on him. And then with his voiceover, and the way he's written, sometimes he's written like a 5-year-old, sometimes he's written like a 30-year-old. I have no frame of reference for this kid. Like, I cannot relate to him at all. He just ends up bugging the
1: shit out of me the whole movie, and I hate to say that. It makes me feel bad to say that. I... I'm so I don't I don't even I don't even know I'm out. I'm okay, out of why don't for it. why don't we why don't we just talk about
0: the Hanks parts? Let's at least get through the parts that Hanks are in. It opens up with him falling out of the World Trade Center in the title sequence. What was that shit? I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. And then, you know, he's a jeweler, he runs a jewelry shop, and he seems like at first like like a fun dad. Like he's he I mean, he lies to his son about this six borough thing, but you could tell that it's sort of trying to teach him lessons about the city and his imagination and stuff like that, but once he's out of the picture, this movie is just garbage, man. Too soon, too much, too soon, too pretentious like like you say about the, what was it? The Book of who again? Book of Eli? Book of Henry. Book of Henry? I, Book like, of Eli is a wildly different story. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the Denzel one. But Book of Henry, like I saw that movie in theaters and it's like a serenity, but like for kids almost. It's like a serenity with kids. Like this never has any intention of going in that direction. This movie
1: thinks it's important and that bothers me. Because both movies, all three movies, I think, I think Serenity, the new Serenity, not the firefly serenity but the new serenity and the book of henry and extremely loud the entire time you're like what the fuck am i watching what is this movie why did anybody think this was a good idea but somehow some way it transcends in two of these three at least for us at least for you and me serenity yes. and the book of henry are just like i don't know what i'm looking i don't understand they're both movies that are so purely dedicated to their vision that like it's hard not to fully either love them completely in spite of the fact that they're all objectively bad movies or that you're just like I can't deal with this and this movie I think because it builds that entire way of making a movie around 9-11 it's like no absolutely there's a part in this movie where like the kid is almost convinced that his dad is still alive that his dad faked his death in 9-11 that he's hiding somewhere and it's like no that's not no
0: yeah, and like projecting onto photos of people falling off of the building that, oh, look, that's probably him. Sometimes when I squint, I can see his glasses and stuff. But yeah, what I think the main difference between this movie and those movies is this is obnoxious. Like this, those movies are leading you on in a, in a certain way to where by the end, it's not going to make sense. But there's like a relief to like, oh, that's what it's all kind of about. Like this is what movie I've been watching. Where in here, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never really did does like it starts as this morose children's tale about death and this kid that's obsessed with death and it ends
1: in pretty much the same way the only difference is that he had one last adventure with his dad but by the way his dad is still dead and his mom is still depressed and this kid is still a sociopathic piece of shit
0: yeah and his grandfather's still not
1: going to talk to him
0: like what is the whole point of mute von side out like that bugged the ever-living shit out of me because it's so obvious that's supposed to be his grandfather but from everything we've learned up to that point there's no reason for him to ever show up in this kid's life ever in this movie
1: ever well i I think i think the only reason he does is because the kid just can't be alone the entire movie either like viola davis goes with him which has no bearing on reality or they need somebody else and like this kid doesn't have any friends clearly his mom rightfully so is like sobbing in bed all day and the kid's like chewing her out for like not being a good mom it's like hey i'm sorry that her husband just died in the greatest domestic terror attack in the history of this country, let her have some time, you piece of shit little kid. Like, I think (laughs) they just need someone to be with him. And two crazy things about the making of this movie the script of this movie the director wanted this movie to be ready for the 10th anniversary of 9-11 and it wasn't and he's like damn it like I really wanted to like capitalize on that which is insane but number two Max von Sydow was supposed to talk at the end of the movie and the actor he was like no no like that. this is not my story like this is not like this is not my journey my growth I shouldn't like that shouldn't be the turning thing at the end and he basically refused they're like yeah you're probably right but like they almost made that character even worse.
0: It's amazing. I mean, here's how it could have been in a league with the other movies that we've been talking about with, with Henry and Serenity, is if Hanks did show up back again at the end of the movie and was like, I did fake my death. Like, you were right, son. Like, he's at the swings, he turns over the swing, he pulls out that secret note, and it says, look behind you. And he does, and Hanks is standing there, and the movie just rolls credits. Then then this movie would have been five stars. But come on, man. Like, I was just so depressed. It's a bombardment. Like, it—it it is a relentless bombardment of just trying to make you feel bad. Like, I feel like the movie's like, why don't you feel bad for this kid? Why are you such a heartless prick? Because this kid's dad died in, in 9-11. Like, why aren't you feeling that? And it's like, well, because I'm watching this kid and, like, he's the worst. Like, who writes a character like this?
1: Like, this is not a kid. Like, I don't get this guy. It's so weird it's just really really bad. I do want to point out that this is based on a book that I asked my friends, I asked the tub talk guys if they had seen this. None of them had, but my friend Bob who was a teacher said he knows friends who teach this book and love this. So I think no. the book, the book there's found, there's something in the book that like connects with people. And if you look on Letterbox, there it's like a really wide array of things like either this thing connects with people or it doesn't. And I don't know I don't see how people could see this movie and think it's good. I don't I don't see that, but I I know that it's out there. I think
0: you gotta be like Pete Davidson. Like that's basically who this kid grows up to be in my mind. Yeah, this (laughs) is a prequel
1: to King of Staten Island. Exactly. My favorite moment of this movie is probably the fact that Cloud Atlas is next week. Like that's the only thing that got me through this. Which by the way, I will say it just it just redropped on Netflix on July first. I mean I have the Blu-ray, of course, because it's one of my favorite movies. Kinda the reason why I was okay to do Hanks of the Memories, because I looked at filmography. I was like, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm not thrilled about, but like, people want us to do it, whatever, I'm gonna do it, but Cloud Atlas will make this worth it, almost, I think. But like, this movie makes me think that Hanks for the Memories was a mistake. Wow, this one movie, this one movie. is gonna I mean, tear whole, down
0: the whole building. I mean,
1: I haven't really been on board with this most of the, I mean, I've loved a bunch of his movies, but I've also hated a bunch of his movies. I've hated more of his movies maybe than any other actor that that we've covered. I mean, I'm sorry, that we've covered so far for podcast.
0: And it's weird, too, because I remember coming back to this and even in those early episodes being like, this isn't what I remember being. Like, I remember these being better. I remember liking this stuff more. I remember Hank's movies being good movies all the time. And it turned out those were the Tom Cruise movies. And so, like, we got so spoiled on one end with Tom Cruise that even the best of Hank's isn't up to that standard at this moment where we're at right now. And the lows are lower than anything has ever been before. Like you can't get like worse than this is insane. Like we're talking about this movie the way we hate to talk about movies. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how bad it is.
1: Well, what's crazy to me is that I was talking to a friend about this because I was like, I'm watching this movie and she was like, well, I haven't watched World Trade Center because I thought that it was going to be the same kind of thing. And I said, like, well, we actually covered that for Cage. And like, yeah. it was only five years after, which seems way too close. But like, we liked that movie. I thought that was done in a way that was respectful and realistic yeah. and like had merit. This feels like it's a fantasy and i get to that maybe it's like it's the psychological damage of losing a father and a tragedy or whatever but like why is the kid cursing out john goodman like i don't understand like little decisions this like i don't understand he's not cursing out because he's angry he's just like a little shit like he's just a, he's just right. a prick of a kid
0: exactly and he doesn't yeah.
1: learn anything
0: no Exactly. He basically, that's actually, you know, what ends up happening to him is he doesn't get what he wants for like the first time ever in his entire life. I mean, granted, he didn't want his dad to die. I mean, there's no control over that, but it just seems like he's so self-centered and he's so like this key my dad gave me, like it's mine. It, It has to unlock a thing. Like he's so certain. And then when that's not the case, like I feel like good, you finally got sort of like a gut punch of reality and like maybe now your feet will be back on the ground for a while and all this kind of shit and you can like open your eyes to what really matters and i think ultimately like in a weird ass way that's what leads him back to that swing at the end and how fucking weird is that scene where he has like a panic attack because he won't go on a swing he's like 12 like how old is this kid 10 11 years old and he's never been on a swing before and like he's running around manhattan on his own all hours of the night and shit and it's i just like it's so wildly bizarre and inconsistent for a character and even as a child we've seen children on screen hundreds of times where they felt like parenthood like the kids in that movie Perfect. Feel like children. This guy, I don't know. He's like an
1: alien or something. Oh, I do want to say, I forgot. I can't believe that I haven't said this yet. I forgot. I also don't know how I forgot this, but Thomas Horn, the kid who was the main kid, came to the detention of Stephen Daldry, the director, when at the age of 12, he won $31,800 on a Kids Week episode of Jeopardy! in 2010. So oh. this kid was just like a Jeopardy! kid, a Jeopardy! winner, and the director was like, that's my kid. And it's like, what? This needed to be like a real child actor pull something
0: like this off and you you'd have even needed to get like um like someone in their 20s that looked like a kid to pull this role off like i don't know what they were going for here is there what was your favorite part did you have a favorite part in this movie is there anything that you liked about this movie i like some of the like actors that would pop up in very small roles you know i just finished watching dev so it was cool to see that one guy pop up as the locksmith i was like oh he's like the key master from oh the yeah, yeah 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 kind of mm-hmm. thing like we mentioned earlier, like Felix Leiter's in this movie, and that's really cool. Like even even that Max von Sydow showed up. Like at least it was a guy like that in this type of piece of shit role. You know what I mean? Like what if it was a no name nobody doing that shit? Like at least half the time, I was convinced that Max von Sydow like could pull it off. At least like so, I would just say sort of like the supporting like the very small sort of supporting cameo cast. I noticed like I noticed like I recognize a lot of the people. Maybe not a lot, but I recognize a number of the people with the last name. Black that he went around and like there's that one guy who's like a big hugger he's a he's he's kind of like uh he's a comedian i've seen a bunch of stuff and a bunch of movies um so i would just say that like everything but this kid even john goodman like what a fucking waste man what the hell is that about but he's there uh sandra bullock at least i get to see sandra bullock while i'm watching the rest of this shit.
1: But she doesn't have anything to do. I don't know. What What also really frustrates me, and this is, I feel, why you cast them and why it feels so manipulative is because... Two years after this movie comes out, Reader's Digest took a poll, and Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock were voted number one and number two for the most trustworthy celebrities. Like, you're casting people that, like, everyone loves for, like, almost unequivocally, right? It's just, like, America's dad and America's sweetheart or whatever Sandy's nickname is, right? Like, everybody loves both of them.
0: Even after she, like, married and divorced motorcycle enthusiast bad boy Jesse
1: James? like I think think he, I think she came out of that smelling great. I think that that was just, that, he, he made, it made him look even worse. Peace. <sweak> Uh, Yeah, it is sort of a toss-up between her and Julia
0: Roberts at the uh, turn of the century as to, like, who is the sweetheart for real.
1: And I think they've also called, like, Reese Witherspoon America's sweetheart, but she's doing her own thing. Like, she's doing, like, weird stuff, which I think is cool. Max von Sydow turned down Christopher Plummer's role in Beginners, which is an amazing movie. Oh, that movie's amazing! Christopher Plummer would then go on to win Best Supporting Actor, and we said Max von Sydow was nominated for this, but then Christopher Plummer became the oldest winner of a competitive Oscar in an acting category at the age of 82 surpassing Jessica Tandy so not only did he like turn down a great movie for this movie but he also lost out on the best supporting actor nomination so or win so
0: it would have been funny if he ended up doing beginners and still did force awakens because he would have acted with obi-wan he would have played obi-wan's dad in beginners and then been like two minutes in the beginning of force awakens as some anonymous star wars person but like that could have been a fun connection Anyway, I'm I'm dr- I'm drifting from this film. <laughs> James
1: Gandolfini had a scene in this movie where he meets Sandra Bullock at a grief counseling session, but they were the scene was cut because test audiences reacted poorly to it, I don't know why. What? That's all I have. To that but...
0: scene, that's the scene that the test audiences were like, "Get out of this movie," not like a thousand other scenes in this movie. You know what it, probably the deal was, too? Like, it didn't involve the little kid. And there's rarely a moment or a scene in this movie without that kid in it. So, like, to have two adults conversing without
1: that a little kid on screen?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's not what people that like this movie wanted from it.
1: I think that's all I got. Oh, he asks, the kid asked Viola Davis, can I kiss you? I was like, the fuck? It's bad. It's very, very bad. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. I hope you don't either so could Tom Cruise play the dad yes would he no Why he would stay so far away this would like this is I'm surprised that this is not like a career ender I don't know how it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture I don't know but like this it's awful
0: I'll tell you exactly the I'll give you the two answers to those questions. One, it wasn't a career ender because he was Tom Hanks. And like no matter how bad this is, yes, this this is yes. not going to destroy his career. He, this is right. a mulligan for him for sure. The reason it was nominated was because it's a 9/11 movie. And the Academy are a bunch of dipshits and it's super political and they just want them um, they want like the attention and they want they want to be able to like market it like that and everything and so
1: yeah, that's Exactly why this all went down. There's no, there can't be any other reason. Is Tom Hanks America's dad in this? Yes, he's a great dad, but who cares? Like he's, in, like he's he's the best dad in the world, and then he dies, and I guess. But like the kid was really a piece of shit before that.
0: That's, but the, but that's the quandary. Like he raised that kid, and that kid turned out like that, and so like I don't know if we can blame his parenting, or maybe it was just nature over nurture at that moment. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know either. Okay, awards the Woody's worst film stop. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Best or worst Hank's role? I don't think he's in it enough. Most wasted Hank's performance? Do we want to say most wasted? Or not really? Because, like, without him dying, the movie doesn't happen. So I don't know that right. we can say that, right?
0: No. Right, yeah. All I'll say is this, is... I think what Hanks is doing is actually kind of interesting. He's playing this jeweler. He's doing a thick New York accent, and he seems to have a lot more energy than we've seen any of his characters have for a couple movies. Like, he's constantly moving and talking. I would have loved to have seen this character applied to a different role at some point. So I'll be on the lookout for some of these characteristics down the line.
1: Best Ensemble, I'm going to say no. Best Fight, dancing. these are all involving Hanks, so none of these apply. Party Scene, Outfit, Wardrobe, Death, oh boy, we're not going to nominate this for Death. We can't, I can't, I won't. We don't see it, really. Yeah, yeah. Best Line, Best Freak Out, no. Soundtrack Theme Song Score, no. Best or Worst Love Story, maybe if there was a little bit more, but no. And then Best Non-Hanks Actor, Male or Female, no, right? It's just, right. it's only Worst Film, full stop, period. <laughs> end of the conversation
0: this is like this is an amazing episode i feel because uh this is like a ra- this is a rarity because even when movies are this bad we're usually not this upset about it it's just manipulative it's just it's like it's shitty it
1: has like bad intentions
0: it, right so like my, i was gonna say like i feel like we should feel the way we're feeling about it because it it's been forcing us to to try to feel its way and I feel like our commentary and thing tonight is pretty justified um, yes. all things considered and yeah you don't catch us in this mood very often and I, that should say something about why we're like this tonight for this movie
1: yeah anyway next week we will be saved we are talking about cloud atlas next week we have no guest next week it was the one that we refused to let anybody on because it is both of like i don't want to speak for you but like it might be in my top five ish movies all time i mean, maybe not that high but like it's way way up there
0: yeah yeah i mean i expect after this rewatch it's going to be in my at least my top 10 Throughout the rest of like the year, if not more so, you know, like I've been, yeah. I'm dying
1: to rewatch this movie. So I am very excited. It is. It takes place over six different time periods. Hanks plays five or six different characters. Uh, it's the Wachowskis' movie. It is wonderful. This week and next week, there is no Cruise Club episode. We are dark these two weeks. But if you listen to Cruise Club, go vote at cageclub.me/bracket because on the 24th in two weeks, we're doing the Tom Cruise Award Show. So we're counting down the best and the worst of Tom Cruise's filmographies. So if you have not yet voted and you like Tom Cruise, go do that cageclub.me slash brackets. But this week, terrible movie. Next week, great movie. So, hey, things balance out sometimes. It's almost like karmic justice, like, <laughs> right? Thankfully, finally. Like, all all movie long, I was just like, Cloud out this one week away. One week away. One week away. That's all I got, so... For all things, Hanks for the Memories, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, hanks at cageclub.me. Like I said, come back next week for Cloud Atlas. Go to cageclub.me slash bracket to vote for the Cruise Club Awards and check out all 90 or so episodes of the TomTom Tom Club and all like 1,600 episodes of all shows at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. We'll see you next time right here on Hanks for the Memories.
0: say.